They've got him now. The walls are closing in on Donald Trump. CNN has obtained an audio recording of Donald Trump admitting that he had classified documents in his possession, and he even read them to his staff. These are bad, sick people. That was was your coup, you know, against you. Well, it started right at the beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do it. That's the staff. They were trying to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that... I no, wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. You just hear the documents. Wait a minute. Let's see here. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, secret. (laughs) This is secret information. Look look at this. You attack. Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> she'd, send it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. The pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, <laughs> and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what. He said the papers. Pretty, pretty oh, this was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out a, a yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. Now I can't, you know, but this is yeah, classified. Now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I'm, look, we here and I have a, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's incredible. It. They've got him. They've got him now. This is, according to the liberals and the Trump haters on the right, the proof that Donald Trump committed the crime and the evidence that the prosecution needs to send him to prison forever, except it isn't. And the way that I know it isn't is that those documents referenced in the leaked conversation aren't the documents that Trump is accused of mishandling. And you don't even need to take my word for it. Even liberal CBS News admits it. Here we go. CBS News headline, Iran memo not among the 31 records underlying charges in Trump federal indictment. Here's what CBS has to say. Quote, the document and recording are described in the indictment Smith's team secured against Trump earlier this month, recounted as an alleged meeting with writer, a publisher, and two members of Trump's staff, none of whom possessed a security clearance. But according to a source familiar with the matter, Trump was not charged with unlawfully holding onto the Iran-related document discussed in the recording. So, in plain English, in other words, the allegedly damning leaked audio has basically no bearing on the bogus charges brought against Trump in the DOJ's corrupt and selective prosecution. Isn't that a little weird? Don't you think If the Biden thugs really had the goods to send their chief political opponent, who happens to be a former president, to prison in an unprecedented prosecution, that they might 
have leaked a conversation that was pertinent to the case, but they didn't because they don't have the goods. Because after seven years of attempts to get this guy through illegal spying on his campaign, through a bogus special counsel, around Russia collusion, through an unsuccessful impeachment, around Ukraine collusion, through a second unsuccessful impeachment, around insurrection or whatever. Even after all of that, Trump's political enemies still, incredibly, have nothing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Senator Marco Rubio is joining the Matt Walsh UFO train. We will get to that as late into the show as I possibly can, the stupid UFO stuff. First, though, is Trump the cleanest guy in politics? I'm not joking. Is Donald Trump celebrity, A-lister for 40 years, dated supermodels, loud mouth, also a real estate developer in New York, and yet they've got nothing on this guy and they have been trying. The powers that be with the full force of the federal government has been trying to get him for seven years. They've done it now half a dozen times through very targeted operations. They still don't have him. They still don't have him. Their big damning central piece of evidence is not pertinent to the case that they're bringing against him in federal court. They got nothing. So what is it? Is Donald Trump the cleanest guy in politics? Maybe. Or is the DOJ just incompetent and corrupt? Certainly the latter there. There's a headline just comes out of the DOJ watchdog, which says that the DOJ watchdog has concluded, try not, if you're driving, please pull over. I don't want you to laugh yourself into a car accident. They've concluded that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Say that again. They, the DOJ watchdog says that uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the most famous intelligence-connected, sex-trafficking with minors, buddy of billionaires and heads of state and royalty and a lot of powerful people, he just, he just killed himself. Oopsie-daisy. I don't really, I don't buy that. And you don't buy that. And nobody buys that. To the credit of the Associated Press, they're at least filling in a little more color there and pointing out that the, the watchdog did find some misconduct by federal jail guards that allowed Jeffrey Epstein to commit suicide. But there's a, there's a lot of coincidences. The jail guard doesn't take his security walk. The other jail guard doesn't take his security walk. The one camera goes out. What about the other? What about a second camera? A second camera actually accidentally malfunctions too. How did he? Oh, he just accidentally had exactly the right amount of time to kill himself. I don't think so. Now, what does it mean that nobody believes that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself? It means that our government is more corrupt or at least more transparently corrupt than it has been in our lifetimes. And when our government is transparently corrupt, people start to look for alternatives who seem like they are outside of the political establishment, which explains a pretty amazing poll that just came out from Morning Consult, which is 
about the 2024 GOP primary. And you know who's number one, and you know who's number two. You might be surprised to know that Mike Pence is number three. But just behind Mike Pence, at number four, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy is an entrepreneur. He's 37 years old. Very few people had heard of him until quite recently. Vivek is a tech guy. He has written a couple of books. That's it. And Vivek right now is polling at 6%, which is twice the next candidate on the list. He's polling twice Nikki Haley, UN ambassador and former governor of South Carolina. He's polling twice Tim Scott, a sitting U.S. senator. He's polling three times Chris Christie, a two-term governor who is leading the Chrisissons, but not nearly as much as the Ramaswamisans. I don't know. Uh, He's six times Asa Hutchinson. I can't believe he's even on the poll. Burgum is at zero. Suarez is at zero. Heard is at zero. Someone else, that's a candidate, someone else, capital S, capital E, is polling at 1%, so tied with Hutchinson. That's a very impressive number. So congratulations to Vivek and the Ramaswamy campaign. That's, that's really impressive. And it tells you something about the time we're living in, which is that if you are viewed to be part of the political establishment, that is a liability for you. One other weird little bit of color on this poll is a lot of people are asking, how is Mike Pence at 7%? The way that Mike Pence is at 7% is one, the man was the vice president of the United States not all that long ago. The man was a popular governor of Indiana. The man was a popular congressman. So he's got a lot of support. And he also leans into more of the establishment side of the conservative movement, the Republican Party. And there are still a lot of people there. It's very easy to get lost with a tide of rising populism in this idea that the establishment's totally done and vanquished. It's not. And and you saw this same kind of thing happening in 1980, which is why the 1980 presidential ticket for the right was Ronald Reagan, who was the conservative candidate, and George H.W. Bush, who was the more establishment uh, country club kind of candidate. And Mike Pence, who is more conservative than George Bush, uh, is is actively running in that more country club establishment lane. He's talking about how we need to lay off companies, how not like not lay them off like lay off workers, meaning lay off like stop attacking companies, return to just the same old sort of mantras and mottos of the Reagan era. So he's running in that lane, and I, I suspect what Pence is thinking is, well, okay, maybe this doesn't describe the majority of the base right now, but there, Reagan had to pick Bush in 1980 to the party. Maybe somebody will pick me to be vice president, or maybe somehow I'll be the nominee as well. Now, I've got a more important and urgent question for you. Not just who's going to be the nominee in 2024, but what are you going to do when you want to barbecue with your friends and your propane tank runs out? You got to check out Cinch. Right now, go to cinch.com. Use promo code Knowles. The 4th of July is right around the corner. With how many family gatherings we have lined up, the last thing that I need when hosting family is turning on the grill and being out of propane. That is where our friends at Cinch come in. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane tanks right to your door and on your schedule and do not require any long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. The perfect summer would not be complete without Cinch. Go online to cinch.com or download the Cinch app to order. New customers can get their first tank exchange for just $10 with promo code Knowles. That is cinch.com. Or download the Cinch app and use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get your first tank exchange for just 
$10. This is a limited time offer. You must live within a cinch service area to redeem it. Go to cinch.com slash offer for details. Then go to the cinch mobile app or cinch.com promo code Knowles to get your propane tank refill. Now, speaking of reports in the news, speaking of the establishment and the establishment media, you know, we played on the show the other day, the New York City Pride Parade, where the Pride marchers are marching down the street yelling, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your kids. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your kids. And this didn't play very well because conservatives have been saying for a long time, the LGBTQ movement and especially the transvestites are really actively targeting children. Drag queen story hours targeting kids in libraries. The transgender ideology agenda in schools is targeting not just even high schoolers, but middle schoolers and elementary schoolers and kindergartners. And so now the liberal media are running some interference and they're, they're trying to paper over the situation. It's kind of backfiring though, I think. Here's what NBC News had to say. NBC News said, quote, the coming for your children chant has been used for years at Pride events, according to longtime March attendees and gay rights activists, who said it's one of the many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs against LGBTQ people. And of course, by regain control of slurs against, they mean prove conservatives totally right about. <laughs> and this, no, no, guys, this, hey, a bunch of drag queens marching down the street saying we're coming for your kids. Hey, they didn't suddenly become groomers. They've always been groomers. <laughs> They've been saying this for years and you just didn't notice because we've lied to you about what pride parades are. <laughs> because what we said in the establishment media is that pride parades are basically just like one long episode of Will and Grace with really well-dressed, well-behaved people making really catchy little repartee back and forth with one another. And what you didn't realize is it's always been a bunch of weirdos dressed up in leather smacking each other on the derriere and chanting all sorts of obscene things and threatening things, including we're coming for your children. That's what it's always been. The conservatives have always been right when they've talked about the slippery slope. The only thing they got wrong about that is that we'd already slipped much further down than they thought we had. And the only difference now is you can see it because we have cell phones and Twitter. That's the difference. They are coming for our children. And this is the point that I made the other day in the show that my publicists over at Media Matters were really hitting me on is I said, look, of course they're grooming children. It's within their ideology to groom children. It's within their ideology to groom children for two reasons. One, because anybody who has a view of the world and a view of politics is going to try to inculcate that view in children because we think that view is correct. So for instance, I think that uh, Christianity is true. And so I, I, I think that God exists. I think the Bible is right. I think that we ought to order our lives toward a Christian conception of the good. And so I think that we ought to raise children up in our society in that way. Now, coincidentally, that's how our society has been run for 2,000 years. And it's worked out generally pretty well in recent years. Uh, people throughout the United States and throughout the West I tried to undo that with disastrous results. But I want to do, I'm not saying that I'm going to keep my religion away from kids and they can make their own decision when they turn 18. No, you got to raise kids with some view of the world. I have certain philosophical beliefs, anthropological beliefs. I think man is body and soul. I'm going to teach kids that. 
I think that the Civil War ended in 1865. I'm going to teach kids that. I think two plus two equals four. I'm going to teach kids that. So I'm going to raise my kids. And, and as a citizen in the United States, I hope that we can raise all of our kids in accordance with what I view to be the truth. And the LGBT activist people, they have a very different view of the world and a different view of morality and a different view of anthropology. And so they're going to raise kids that way too. But the LGBTQ activists have a more a particular sexual interest in children, as they express here, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your kids. We're going to go jiggle around in front of little kids. We're going to mutilate little kids' bodies. We're going to pump them full of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. We're going to stop stigmatizing pedophilia, and we're going to refer to minor attracted persons, and we're going to try to blur the lines on that. We're going to reduce the penalties for pederasts in California as the LGBTQ activist, Anthony, what's his name? Is it, It's not Anthony Weiner, Scott Weiner. Another wiener in politics, another pervert wiener in politics. Uh, that's what he did in California successfully. Why are they doing it? Why do they have this particular sexual interest in children? Because in their ideology, they say that sexual expression is always good. It's always a good thing. If it feels good, do it. I'm a Catholic. I don't think that's true. I think there are all sorts of sexual activities and expressions that you can engage in that are bad and destructive, not just for kids, but for adults too. Again, that's the traditional view of our culture that had ruled the civilization for roughly, I don't know, 2,000 years, maybe a little less than that, maybe more like 15, 1,600 years. Now that's gone away with the sexual revolution. And so you see this view. Well, if you really believe that sexual expression is, is always good and that if you don't engage in promiscuous, pointless sex, then you're going to end up with a complex and a repression and all the rest of it, then of course you're going to try to sexualize children as the kids have, as the libs rather, have been doing through things like a radical sex education in the public schools as they're doing now by in, inserting pornographic books like Gender Queer by Maya Kababi into elementary school libraries and so on and so forth. They're telling you what they believe and they're saying, look, it's always been this way. We've been doing this for years. You're right. And who's who has said that you've been doing this for years? We, the conservatives, and who lied about it and denied it? You, the libs. And they're lying now because they know that most people don't like this. Now, speaking of what's being taught in schools, there is a new aspect, mandatory aspect of the curriculum in New York City schools. This would be mindful breathing. Mindful breathing. According to the New York City Health Department, they say, today, New York City Mayor and Department of Education Chancellor and New York City Health Commissioner announced that all New York City schools will be required to offer mindful breathing practices. The announcement aims to increase physical and mental health and enhance social emotional learning. A lot of gobbledygook. What does that mean? It means that Eastern, specifically Buddhist, religious rituals and prayers are now a mandatory part of the curriculum, which is really funny in a dark way because the Supreme Court came out in the middle of the 20th century and said Christian prayer in schools as a matter of the curriculum, is unconstitutional, which would be a big surprise to the framers of the Constitution. That would be a big surprise to the men who built our country as a Christian nation. But that's what the Supreme Court decided in the middle of the 20th century. No school prayer, unless it's Buddhist prayer. What is mindful breathing? It sounds like liberal gobbledygook, and it is, but it is a Buddhist practice. It's, it's called anapanasati. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that mindfulness, mindfulness of breathing and uh, what it refers to. And th this is, by the way, this is just according to the Wikipedia page. Okay. I'm, I'm going to a liberal, very mainstream source. 
Anapanasati, meaning mindfulness of breathing, uh, paying attention to breath. It is the quintessential form of Buddhist meditation attributed to Gautama Buddha and described in several suttas, uh, most notably the Anapanasati Sutta, which I guess makes sense. Uh, Now you might say, well, Michael, no, it's just a coincidence. What do you mean it's just a coincidence? No, they're just teaching breathing exercises. They're they're not just, we all know how to breathe, okay? And they're not, they already have gym class. What is mindful breathing? Well, the question you have to ask is, mindful of what? What's in your mind? If 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 you are being mindful, that means your mind is full of something. What is it full of? That's full of an Eastern pagan religion in this case. And by the way, the further proof of this is that at almost exactly the same time that this announcement came out, New York City schools announced that a Hindu and Buddhist holiday, Diwali, will uh, be given off in New York City public schools. And uh, education officials will have to accommodate this day off. I do not in any way begrudge the Hindus and the Buddhists. There are are plenty of Indians, for instance, uh, in uh, New York City. I don't begrudge them their day off or anything like that. I don't begrudge them whatever traditional practices they have. But at the very same time that we are seeing the eradication of Christianity, the religion that has animated our civilization, and the religion that I'm rather certain happens to be correct, as we're seeing that being pulled away, not by the people, but by the force of law in our schools and public life, you are seeing an elite insertion of Eastern religion, non-theistic religion, religion that contradicts our religion in this civilization. That's being inserted into the curriculum as a mandatory matter because you, you can never get away from school prayer because you can never get away from prayer because you can never get away from religion because people have eternal questions. Those are the nagging questions that keep coming up. Who are we? What are we for? What happens after death? How do we relate to one another? What is the moral order? And education is about filling up your mind. And when your mind is going to be full, when all education is in some ways mindful, the question you have to ask is, what are you going to be filling your mind up with? And where are you going to go? How are you going to get there? When you want to get somewhere, you got to check out CarZing. Right now, go to CarZing.com slash Knowles. Buying a new car can be a stressful experience for anyone, especially if you're a first-time buyer or have no credit. Before you walk into a dealership and spend the whole day with crowds, stress, the potential to not even find the right car, you've got to check out CarZing. CarZing is completely changing the way you buy a car online. By partnering with credit agencies, leaders in over 25,000 dealers nationwide, CarZing provides you with everything you need before stepping foot onto a dealership. Once you find the right car at your ideal budget, all you've got to do is bring your saved deal voucher with you to the dealership to finalize your next ride. It is so simple. Even if you're not in the market for a new car, you should check out CarZing anyway. CarZing's online window shopping experience goes beyond mere images. You dive into each vehicle's specs, features, performance capabilities, zoom in on the craftsmanship of the interior, marvel at cutting-edge technology, admire the meticulous attention to detail that sets these automobiles apart from the rest. CarZing helps make your experience faster, cheaper, and less stressful. Go to CarZing.com slash Knowles today. Find the best deals near you. CarZing.com slash Knowles. Now, if you're looking for something to watch, you got to check out What We Saw, hosted by storyteller Bill Whittle. Season one is focused on Apollo 11, and now the entirety of season two of what we saw is available. Delve into the origins and key events of the Cold War as the series explores pivotal moments such as the Berlin blockade, the Korean War, the death of Stalin, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Vietnam War, Watergate, and the ultimate resolution of the Cold War. Don't just read about history. 
live it. Bill makes you feel like you are there witnessing history, and all episodes of Cold War are now available to stream, but you have to be a Daily Wire Plus member to see it. Go to dailywire.com slash coldwar to start watching. My favorite comment yesterday is something that I'll get to in just a little bit, but I won't get to it right now because my producers just faked me out and put it into the prompter a little bit too early. Now, speaking of New York, very, very big news. I made it to Broadway. I've gone to Broadway shows since I was a kid. I haven't been in a little while. I occasionally worked around New York back in the days. I banged around a theater or two, but I made it really big. I made it really, really big this week. I was not only featured on Broadway by the cast of a Broadway musical in a Broadway performance. I was featured by that cast in that performance on Broadway in Times Square. See if you can pick me out. should reconsider its past rulings on a same-sex marriage. Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. Farewell, my children. I miss you already. I'm leaving for now, but I'll be back, you see. Hello to freedom. In a world that denies me I dream of the day When our children can be I'm also really pleased to find out that in my performance in this Broadway show on Broadway in Times Square, I also had the best voice of any of the cast members. (laughs) I don't mean to be mean to these performers, but when I was a kid, I'd go see a Broadway show. You had the very best performers, the very best live performers in the country, maybe in the world, were there singing just amazing talent and skill. And that that was not the most amazing talent and skill I've ever seen because a radical political agenda has overtaken craft and skill and art and, and talent. So it opens up with, well, it opens up with my voice saying that line, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. And then it cuts to some drag queen singing off, off key and off tone. But hello, my children, I miss you. My children, whose children? Not, not a lot of men who identify as women who dress up in drag. I guess some of them have biological children, but it's not, that's not the common thing. So what, what is this? You're just seeing a reiteration, a rearticulation from Broadway, from Times Square, of the same thing you heard the drag marchers screaming through the streets, we're coming for your children. Why did they put my line up there at the beginning of their performance? This is from the, the show Parade, which I've never heard of, but I guess it's a Broadway musical. They used that line because that line really got under their skin. And that line really got under their skin because it was a clear articulation of the conservative position and it wasn't squishy, and it it didn't just push the transgender issue into this area of, well, you know, we should obviously embrace transgenderism, but eight-year-olds are a little too young. We should wait till they turn nine or whatever. We just said, no, uh, no, it's wrong for kids. It's wrong for adults. It's wrong. The whole thing is just wrong, It's and it's going to make people miserable, and in the best interests of society, and especially in the best interests of these terribly confused people, uh, you got you to get rid of it. You got to eradicate the idea from public life entirely. And this really bugged the libs. And that should be a 
That should be an important data point. That should be an important lesson for conservatives. Because I gave that speech, what, in February or March or something like that? And it was shocking for a moment. There were a lot of conservatives who didn't come out and back me right away. But then you had a handful of courageous conservatives come out and say, no, actually, I'm defending that line. I oppose the libs who were trying to libel Michael Knowles. I stay. Wonderful people. Senator Mike Lee came out very publicly. Uh, then a number of conservative outlets and pundits and activists and all the rest. Then the whole conservative movement came in and backed me. And then what happened? Then we get these numbers a couple of weeks ago that show that Americans are moving much more into a uh, socially conservative direction. We get these numbers out that support, even for same-sex relationships, forget about transgenderism or something, support for something that had been, we thought, settled in the 1990s, dropped seven points in one year. Why? Because if you're just clear about your point of view and you base it in the truth and you don't base it on, on trying to please everybody and focus grouping everything, that is going to resonate. And I think that the libs are running scared on that. I think that's why they're whining and screaming and putting my voice on in Broadway performances in Times Square. I think it's why we need to keep up the heat. It's a very absurd ideology. Now, speaking of absurdity, Marco Rubio. I like Marco Rubio. I think his heart basically is in the right place, or at least his, his political mind is basically roughly in the right place, but he's gone. He's gone off the deep end, Mr. Rubio, because Marco Rubio is entertaining all this UFO stuff. Do you find many of them credible? Well, I don't find them either not credible or credible because we have no basis. We understand some of these claims are things that are beyond sort of the realm of what any of us has ever dealt with. What I think we owe them is just a mature, you know, understand, listening and, and trying to put these all these pieces together and just sort of intake the information without any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions in one direction or another. I will say I find most of these people at some point or maybe even currently have held very high clearances and high positions within our government. So you start at you do ask yourself, like, what incentive would so many people with that kind of um, qualification, these are serious people, have to come forward and make something up? What, what kind of incentive would they have? Oh, Senator Rubio, come on. He's saying, look, I'm not rushing to judgment. I'm not saying I believe them. I don't believe them. And then he's saying, why, why would they make it up? It's, it's the, he's saying the same thing Walsh says. Let me explain to you what the aliens are. And I was reminded of this verse by my friend Taylor Marshall. Had a good take on it. Great, uh, great podcaster, Catholic guy. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Herein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of this air, of the spirit that now worketh on the children of unbelief. UFOs are just little things that we see in the sky that defy physical explanation. I don't want to just be like the guy in the History Channel. It's demons, guys. It's just, it's, it's just demons. That's what it is. And the people, Walsh aside, and it's, this is what bugs me about Rubio embracing this too. Walsh, solid Catholic guy, but he falls into this thing, the UFO stuff, the alien stuff, which is just demonology for liberal atheists. That's all it is. Because the people have known for all of human history that spiritual realities exist and that there are things that are physical 
And there are things, there are things that are physical and don't have a rational soul, like a rock. Then there are things that are physical and do have a rational soul, like human beings. And then there are things that are not physical, that are metaphysical, like ideas and love and hope and mathematics and angels and demons. That there are intelligences that do not have physical form. If you believe in God, Let's not even get into the specifics on your religious views. If you believe that God exists, and don't forget, the existence of God can be known with certainty by the natural light of human reason from the created world. If you believe, and you can, there are many very good arguments for God's existence, and God's existence is necessary, and we can know that it is true just from the world around us using our own reason, then you know that God is metaphysical. God takes on a body in the incarnation in the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, but God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, metaphysical. It doesn't, it's not, not just like an old guy with a beard in the sky as the, the liberal atheists try to pretend. They try to pretend that we believe that. So if you acknowledge that there are, there is at least one intelligence, one intelligent being that doesn't have a body, then, you know, angels and demons flow from that. And then, of course, if you follow your reason to say, okay, I know that God exists. Well, what can I know about God? And then you turn to Revelation. You see angels everywhere. And every, every group of people for all of human history, until like just stupid modern liberal atheists, believed that angels and demons exist. And by the way, the stupid liberal modern atheists, they believe that too. They believe it when they get in the foxholes. They believe it when they get into a bad spot. They believe it even when they talk about their fallen comrades. They'll say, oh, so-and-so had demons. Oh, yeah, that guy who died of a drug overdose, yeah, he, boy, he sure had his demons. Everybody talks about it. But now we've got to pretend that everything's physical. So you say, oh, pretty soon they're going to say, oh, poor Johnny died there drunk in the gutter, doing a bunch of drugs and all that. Boy, he had his aliens. Oh, that boy, he was tormented by Martians. But they're just there. They are demons. Speaking of demonic things, the U.S. Army Special Operations Command, USASOC, is promoting Pride Month. And not just promoting the regular rainbow pride flag, they're promoting the terrorist pride flag. <laughs> you know, the one with the, the kind of ominous, angry triangle that includes all sorts of stuff that's not even really sexual. It includes like the BLM stuff. And the, anyway, the transgender stuff. They say, USASOC recognizes June as Pride Month celebrating all LGBTQ positive members in our formations. Throughout American history, LGBTQ positive members have not only fought for the right to serve openly, but have also fought in every major war and conflict. A retconning of, of American history, I think, here. Because the LGBTQ identity is like five minutes old. If what they're saying is people who have had eccentric or deviant sexual desires have fought in every major conflict. Yeah, that's true since the dawn of time, since, since Adam ate the apple. But uh, that the LGBTQ identity, that's a very new thing. And now it's not, it's not only our political class that's promoting it. It's not only Biden with the stupid flag at the White House portico and the naked trannies jiggling around on the White House lawn. It, it's not just the U.S. Army. It's not just the U.S. Navy. 
It's special operations, man. These guys are supposed to be the hardest of the hard. Like they're supposed to be the real guys and they're promoting this fruity nonsense. It's just so, not even just fruity. If it were just fruity, it'd be fine. But it's, it's so subversive and it's just such an evil flag. And pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And these guys are promoting it. And it's just, uh, what I want to hear from a presidential candidate I want to hear how you're going to fix immigration, and it's going to be tough, so I want specifics. I want to hear how you're going to wind down the potential of World War III over there in Ukraine. I want to hear how you're going to fix the economy. But I, I want to hear very clearly, DeSantis has hinted at this more than almost anybody. Uh, I want to hear how you're going to fire these guys. The, the guy in charge of U.S. Army Special Operations Command that made this decision to put out that evil, evil pride flag, I want that guy fired. I want them booted out of the military if possible, but I want all these guys fired and I want them to repent and apologize or else be ostracized from public life. And I want my presidential candidate to state that clearly. It's going to be a political winner too, by the way. Just look at the movement of the people in the numbers. Even if it weren't a political winner, it would be the right thing to do. But you've got, you've got morality and political popularity in, in a rare convergence here. So come on out, guys. Say it with your chest and state it. We want to hear that. We got to restore some balance to our country. And when you want to restore balance to your body, you got to check out Balance of Nature. Right now, go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Knowles. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are a great way to make sure you are getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Through Balance of Nature's advanced cold vacuum process, the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved so that you can get that vital nutrition in each capsule. Balance of Nature is a whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. Pure fruits and veggies are the only things they put in their capsules. I really love Balance of Nature. My only complaint surrounding Balance of Nature is that when they send their delicious product here to the Daily Wire, the hyenas and jackals just rip them all away, often before I even have the opportunity to go look at them. For a limited time this summer, when you become a preferred customer of Balance of Nature, they are throwing in a free fruit and veggies travel set and giving an additional 25 bucks off your first order. Go to balanceofnature.com, use promo code Knowles for a free travel set and 25 bucks off your first order as a preferred customer. That is balanceofnature.com, promo code Knowles. Now, it's time for my favorite comment yesterday because my producers have now put this in at the right time, you know, in the flow. I, I don't want to get to that too early. It's going to get, I, I, we got to save that little juicy dessert for the end of the show. My favorite comment yesterday comes from Not Overcome, who says, I visited New York City with my teenage daughter to see the sights and, of course, to watch and eat a New York pizza. There's nothing like their pizza and bagels. That's a really true statement there at the end because they're going to get rid of it. So there is nothing like New York City pizza anymore <laughs> because New York City is trying to get rid of one of the defining aspects of New York culture. And they're not doing it accidentally. It's not just, oh, those stupid liberals, they don't even know what they're doing. They know to quote Marco Rubio, we need to dispel with this fiction that they don't know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And what they're doing is they're upending tradition and taboos and standards and norms. And, and they're doing that in order to redefine the culture because they don't like the traditional culture. So they want to refashion it after their own image and feed us all bug burgers instead of tasty New York wood-fired pizza. Speaking of shakeups, here's an exclusive from The Daily Caller. This is an exclusive that a lot of conservatives are celebrating, and I don't think they should be celebrating too soon. Top Anheuser-Busch marketing executives responsible for the boycott are no longer employed. So the 
not the marketing executives who pushed the boycott, but the marketing executives who pushed the weird trans stuff that impelled the boycott. Group Vice President for Marketing Daniel Blake and Bud Light Marketing Vice President Alyssa Heinerscheid are gone, according to obtained text messages with the current regional head of marketing. Daily callers granting anonymity to the source to discuss legally fraught internal company policy. To my understanding, if we publicly announce the word fire, it opens up the potential for them to sue us. That's why we said leave of absence, but uh, they're gone. Uh, not good enough for me, man. Not good enough for me. And people are saying actually here, some of the anonymous sources, they say, to be fair, Daniel Blake was actually awesome. I think he was just caught in crossfire. Uh, but also he did hire her, Alyssa, Alyssa Heinerscheid. Uh, so that's a fault of his. Okay, I don't, I don't even want to hear it about Alyssa Heinerscheid. Daniel Blake and Alyssa Heinerscheid are not the reason that, that Transheiser Bush pushed the rainbow flag and pushed transgenderism. The highest echelons of AB InBev, Transheiser Bush, after it was bought up by that Belgian company, they're the ones who are responsible because they're the ones who are beholden to the asset managers and the institutional investors who are pushing ESG. That's why Bud Light, Transheiser Bush, and all these other companies don't come out and publicly apologize. Because if they apologize and they say, we're not going to push transgenderism anymore, then they're going to have a lower ESG score. And then they might lose investment from the big asset managers. And then their top stock price might tank. And by the way, most of these companies have signed on to something called the Global Alliance for Responsible Media, GARM. And what GARM says is you've got to align your public efforts in your company in accordance with liberal activism and specifically with the Rainbow Coalition and transgenderism. And if you don't, we've got a partnership with the tech platforms and with the advertising platforms, which are monopolistic, oligopolistic at least, and really pretty close to monopolistic when you look at Google ads. And so if you don't toe the line on transgenderism, then we're going to take away your ability to market your product. That's what this is about. This isn't about some VP of marketing. These are the fall guys. As they say, they got caught in the crossfire. Yeah, they did get caught in the crossfire. And maybe they played it a little loose. This gal, Alyssa Heinerscheid, maybe she played it a little loose. But this was a decision made from the very top. And so until we see heads rolling at the very top of the company, or I don't even need the heads to roll. They need to pull out of GARM. They need to resist the ESG nonsense. They need to pressure the asset managers like BlackRock. You're starting to see this weekend over there at BlackRock now at Vanguard and State Street. To, to move away from this liberal activism, using your money and my money to, to do it, uh, then I don't want to hear it. I don't want, okay, good. Oh, the marketing VP is gone. Give me a break. doesn't mean anything. Look, I'm, I'm as hopeful, glass half full as it gets in the conservative movement. A lot of my friends and colleagues in this particular region of politics are always just angry and complaining about everything. And that's really not my view. But here, guys, we're getting played for fools. You'd have to be so naive to think that because they fired some two-bit marketing VP, the transizer Bush has turned it around. Look what they're, they're still sponsoring pride parades. Give me a break. Speaking of harmful, powerful social movements, a former Penn State professor has uh, just told journalists and just filed a lawsuit because the professor uh, was told by college administrators that, quote, there is a problem with the white race. It's uh, according to a former Penn State University at Abington professor. I believe I was invited to speak at that school and then the libs who run the school shut that down. I, I seem to recall that. This happens a number of times every semester, so I might be getting the details blurry, but I think it was this school. Well, th- this professor is a uh, 
Zach DePiero, is suing the school for discrimination on the basis of his race. Say, uh, when he complained about the continuous stream of racial insult directed at white faculty in the writing department, the director of the affirmative action office told him that, quote, there is a problem with the white race that he should attend anti-racist workshops until you get it, and that he might have mental health issues because he's white and didn't want to be told that white people are evil all the time and be treated like a second-class citizen. That is established in our law. And I know that we're taught that white people are the really privileged class. They're the race at the top of the social hierarchy. But according to the way the political order works in the United States right now, the opposite is true. I've said it on the show before, and I'll say it again. White people are one of two racial groups that you can discriminate against on the basis of college admissions and things like employment. And it's the only racial group that you can not only legally discriminate against, but also are encouraged to socially discriminate against and publicly insult white people. That's the group. And so this is obviously rather evil and white people, especially white liberals, lap it up because they've been infected with a pandemic called white guilt, something that I don't feel. I think it's because the Southern Italian swarthiness in me has made me immune to such a disease. But it's a major issue, and conservatives don't really want to talk about it because being called a racist is still the worst thing that you can be called in the United States. And even many conservatives are still just terrified of being called a racist, so they don't want to bring up anything that has anything to do with racial grievance. But someone's got to, got to answer this. okay? And if the Uniparty and the political establishment won't do it, even the uh, you know, right-wing members of that political establishment then some outside populist candidate is going to do it. In 2016, the libs naturally accused Donald Trump of being a racist. And this was absolutely preposterous. But Donald Trump was not politically correct, and he used language that if other candidates had used it, they would have been written off and set off into the sunset as racist. When he, when he shows up to go down the escalator, and he says, I'm announcing my presidential campaign because... Uh, there are a lot of people coming across the border in Mexico and they're rapists and they're murderers and they're terrible people, but some I assume are, are okay, good people. And he said, and also there are a lot of uh, places from failed Muslim countries where you're getting terrorists coming in here, we're going to shut that down. And the, the Uniparty said, oh my goodness, he can't really say that. And Donald Trump, uh, if Donald Trump is a racist, I don't know what racist means. He, Donald Trump Donald Trump's been featured in 300 rap songs, right? <laughs> Donald Trump is a mainstream pop culture figure. He's never displayed any racial animus against anybody. He hugs everybody. He's friends with everybody for, for his whole life. And, and so if, if racist just means you're willing to speak bluntly and, and you're not going to apologize for the grievous sin of being born with white skin, then okay, I guess he, he meets that low threshold for racism. But there are a lot of people who say, oh, finally, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be called a monster for the color of my skin. This is what impelled a much more polished candidate like Glenn Youngkin to win in Virginia. It was two issues. It was the gender bathroom stuff, and it was critical race theory. A Republican really even a maybe a left-wing populist candidate, people who, as the country is becoming more divided between the many and the few, 
Populist candidates are going to have to address this because this is deeply unjust. This is wrong. We need to push for the Supreme Court to overrule affirmative action. And we need to lose it with the crazy white guilt stuff. And, and right now, the, the leading candidate for that kind of disruptive attitude is Donald Trump. And I know, look, some people are going to say other candidates, especially Ron DeSantis, they could be better. They should be better at this. Maybe, maybe not. We'll get into a little bit tomorrow because I'm already over time. But right now, that guy is the leading candidate. And that's why the libs are so insistent that they've got him now. No member block today because, I don't know, we're going all over the place. And because producer Danny won't get me my iPad. But we will have that back tomorrow. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you then.